Hey, listener, thank you so much for tuning in to this replay of U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. This is the second half of the show with a new guest awaiting. If you haven't done so already, be sure to listen to the first half, too. And give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning for updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby. Also, please like, subscribe, and follow, and leave us a five-star review. That helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, on to our next guest. All right, let's get around to our next guest, waiting for us uh, many, many, many miles away from both uh, Fitzy and myself. Joining us now from Sao Paulo, Brazil, is Paul Tate of America's Rugby News. Hey, Paul. Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm great, thank you. It's extremely hot. <laughs> We're at about 38. So, <laughs> that's... Oh, nice. Is that Celsius, Paul? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fahrenheit, so... <laughs> It was, uh, I don't know the, the calculation of Celsius here, but it was about 70 degrees up here, 70. Ooh. And I was at the beach for half the day, oh. not instead of working. So <laughs> anyway, we do appreciate you uh, staying up past your bedtime, I'm assuming. Uh, you're a little bit later than us right now. But just like we mentioned to Jackie a second ago, for those who are not familiar with America's Rugby News, and I can't imagine there are too many out there who are not, tell us about ARM and, and what you cover specifically. Sure. So... It was a project that started with Brian Ray, uh, myself, and Ted. Um, Ted decided to to call it a day, so Brian and I continued. And it was just we all had our own project, and we just went together to make it a Pan Am project because Brian was doing Canada, Ted U.S., and I was doing uh, South America. So uh, it it just worked because at the same time when we we started, which was 2015, uh, was a World Cup. Um, the pro rugby started the year after that. The America's Rugby Championship started. And so it's been nonstop since then with, with all kinds of things to cover. We, we look at uh, the professional game and the uh, competitions or matches involving uh, representative sides. And that's pretty, pretty general across uh, the age groups. Uh, of course, male and female both included now and then have some Portuguese and Spanish language content, but uh, for the most part, it's, it's, it's all English. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a, a, a project which, which kind of started as a, as a hobby uh, for all of us, but uh, it's a bit more than that. Now, uh, it does get a bit serious sometimes because of subject matters, but uh, most people that, uh, that uh, read tend to, tend to come back and, and, and read again, so that's great. Right now, the big event going on is obviously the Rugby World Cup in France. Mm-hmm. So overall, Paul, what's been your impression of the World Cup so far? Yeah, it's, it's a different World Cup. Um, no North Americans is, is definitely, for me, it's a, it's a negative. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's obviously going, going to come into the, the, the whole move for which we're going to get up for 24 teams. Um but the World Cup itself, the, the groups have been pretty interesting, uh, predictable overall. But they have been, of course, uh, the result of Fiji over Australia has been great. Uh, Georgia should have been Portugal, but didn't. They could have beaten Fiji, but they didn't. Pulsi has been the, the, the pick of them. Uh, for, for Argentina's group, um, I mean, they, they were rotten in their first match. They've got one game against Japan left. They, they should be okay. You know, they Japan could pull off an upset, but I don't think that will happen. 
mm-hmm. other teams. Basically, uh, everyone was talking about pool A and B being um, extremely tough. And France and New Zealand obviously are through from their from their pool. South Africa and Ireland probably through from theirs. Um, Scotland and lucky based on the draw. There's a lot of talk about the competitiveness of Tonga and Samoa being a, a new thing from the eligibility changes. I was a, very much an opponent of the changes. And as it's turned out, the changes didn't do anything for those teams. They made them a little better, but they didn't do what they hoped that they would do, which was take them that much further. So we've got, um, obviously, the U.S. can no longer pick their star prop because T.P. Lomas Kelly played. Yes. It's going to be frustrating. And uh, Scotland have got a Wallaby now. Wales have got an England prop now. I mean, these are the same two teams who, are disqual- who should have been disqualified from 99, but no one knew about it until after the fact of the uh, fielding players not eligible. So that, that, that was a, a major issue <clears throat> um, considering Spain's disqualification. Uh, but anyway, right. up itself, uh, it's, it's been, I think, highly successful. Um, just an issue in terms of the dates because you, you're having too long between certain uh, mm-hmm. midweek. There are no matches generally Monday, right. Tuesday, Wednesday. That's an issue of of pools divided in, uh, as they are. Um, five teams just doesn't, doesn't work, and the, and they will be moving on from that. So the news is that it will be 24 teams, and we're going to hear that before the end of the World Cup. Yeah. So, and that uh, I've got, I've got confirmation of that from a very reliable South American source, and the Guardian have read, read, uh, read an article now about it too. So mm-hmm. there's two. Yeah. Um, so look, the Eagles will be back. Um, I'm very concerned about Canada, as everybody is. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to say that they will be back, but they should be back. Well, I guess yeah. I guess Paul on the on the expansion now that it's. Breaking news here on USA Rugby Half Hour Live by Paul Tate. <laughs> uh, I guess, um, do you agree with the expansion? And then how will this, you started to get into it a little bit, but how will this benefit maybe some of these other tier two nations? Oh, absolutely. Look, the thing is that we've been, we've been hearing from the British media anyway that they want to have a plate competition in the World Cup so yeah. that teams can play again after their, after their, all but eliminated. And look, no one wants that. Um, like, if, if you actually look at the press conferences of what Namibia, Georgia, Uruguay, Portugal, well, they're all talking about uh, Samoa, Tonga as well, might I add. They're all saying the same thing. We want to play more tier one teams. Yeah. So that's the issue we're looking at. Now, if you go to 24 teams, instead of four matches, you've got three each. But in effect, you're going to have. Um, Similar fixtures, just one less. Um, so, for example, if you look at Chile's matches, they had England, Argentina, Samoa, and Japan. Now, that's extremely tough. If it's uh, six poles of four, you'd remove England or Argentina and pretty much have a, have a copy and paste um, scenario of that. So, teams are, are probably going to have uh, one. Um, tier tier one and one and a half uh, in your groups, um, but you'll be able to structure it much better. So, for example, if you've got 
pools A and B playing on uh, Saturday. So that's four matches. Then you got Sunday, four more matches, pools um, C and D. Then you got E and F left. So you can structure it out much better. So you can have games every day or have one rest day instead of three like we've currently got. And uh, if, if you actually map it all out, you can have the, the teams all playing together. So no one has more uh, rest days than anybody else. So it's, it's fair in sporting terms. It's perfect, in fact. So uh, you could have, for example, um, let's say U.S. are in, in, in a pool with France, Georgia, and uh, and who else? France, Georgia, and Japan in the U.S. So that's a tough group. Um, they're going to play uh, all. They're going to play on Sunday, Sunday, and Sunday. That's it. Three weekends, and then pool phase finished. Now, two from that group. From two from every group will make it to the final 16, the round of 16, but obviously they're going to be missing numbers because mm -hmm. uh, do the math, right? So how are they going to get around that? Well, you're going to have certain third place teams going through, and what we're hearing is it's going to be going to be something like a. It sounds like Vince McMahon, but it's going to be something like a, uh, a, a wild card um, qualifier. So that's interesting. But, I mean, if, if, if you're the Eagles, uh, you're basically looking at it like Canada looked at 99. If you can remember that World Cup, Canada had, they didn't make the, the playoffs. They, their group was France, Fiji, Namibia. So Canada lost against France and Fiji and then needed a big win over Namibia. And uh, they, they got it. They won by a, something like 70 points. And uh, it wasn't enough because the third place, uh, the top third place uh, side actually made the, the the playoffs. And that team was Argentina, in fact. Um, so, but having said that, it, it should have actually been uh, someone else because Wales and Scotland both had players who shouldn't have been involved. Um, so you're basically going to look at the top uh, um, two sides from each group joined by um, third place, uh, for example, um, there's, there's an interest. I did an article on this uh, a year ago. You can find it if you if you're interested. It's called uh, "What a 2014 Rugby World Cup Could Look Like," and yeah. uh, just did the polls that way. And you can see the third place teams will will uh, have something to play for. So uh, three of them would go through if that's the scenario they go they go for, which it seems to be. But we don't know yet, of course, for sure. Yes. So with with, with you know with with actually you know, four extra spots essentially um, coming online, Eagles, potentially maybe Canada, Spain. Are we assuming perhaps that the, the Americas would get another spot, and then how would the other three kind of get determined, perhaps? Exactly. Uh, I'd like to know that myself. So South America <laughs> okay. never had a spot. Never. It, it, I mean, it's crazy, yeah. uh, but the. They had a spot for 2007 um, because what happened was at that stage, um, the quarterfinalists all qualified for the next World Cup. Now it's, of course, the, the top three per group. Um, so Argentina were eliminated by Ireland in um, 2003 World Cup. So they had to qualify. So they were South America one, 
they they played Chile and Uruguay. So Uruguay um, ended up being America's uh, three. Um, no, was that is that correct? Three or four? It doesn't matter which. But they only they played Portugal in rapid charge, and they they missed out um, by a point. Yeah, so, don't remind us. <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> so basically, what 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 has happened is, is ever since then, South America hasn't had anything. So 2011, 2015, 2019, and never had one. And they've always asked for it, and it's always been denied by World Rugby. Every time it's, it's been no, you're not getting it. Um, so the difference now is that well, I mean, how can you say no? Because literally, Uruguay qualified ahead of the U.S. Yep. Um, well, then Chile eliminated Canada and then qualified ahead of the U.S. Okay, are we going to replicate that or, or what are we going to do? So the, the question is, is essentially that are they going to continue with the Americas as one region or are they going to have the North and South? Now, back there that, that um, that's going to depend on how many America slots are given because they're going to do everything they can to ensure the U.S. are in uh, the, the Australia 2027 World Cup, uh, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So, so I would I would I would guess that uh, they will have U.S. Canada for one spot, and they'll have Uruguay versus um, Chile for another spot. Then with a playoff for America's three, that's what I would guess, and uh, they will all go through. And then the America's four would be a repertoire spot. And based on the numbers, we're looking at having. Um, Essentially, the same as it is now, with America's one more um, and Europe one more. And then the two the two other new spots, you just cannot say they're going to go to to Asia or Africa because there's nobody ready. Um, and this is not a criticism. There's just there's nobody. There's not Zimbabwe, for example, Uganda, Kenya. None of them are, are prepared. So mm-hmm. if you look at uh, the U.S. or Portugal against Kenya in the repertoire charge a year ago, I mean. It's 70 point wins. So, yeah, yeah I mean, the doubt is about the, one of the doubts is when are Russia going to be going to be playing again? Um, Spain won't make the, the, the same mistake, even though it's not, even though there's more to it than Spain made a mistake. I mean, yeah. Spain could have played. Yeah. Uh, they could have like they had a, they had a clear case. The guy was involved in two matches, which were really insignificant. And they could have just just they could have done a number of things, like, uh, replayed the games or uh, right. removed the points scored during his involvement, things like that. But I mean, it's just ridiculous that 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 they're letting All Blacks play for other teams like Samoa, like Tom. <laughs> but you know, let's just be honest that nobody was involved in Spain or now out. And it turns out that because I've spoken to Spanish staff about it. It turns out that the player lied, had his right. had his passport, you know, uh, was fraud involved. So uh, just just a whole, um, uh, a whole unavoidable, just just ridiculous what all happened. But you know, uh, it's going to be twenty four teams. The the Americas will will benefit from this greatly. There will be a push to try to get Brazil involved. A lot of people think tend seem to think Brazil are ready. They're not. Um, I, I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, uh, Paul. Yeah. So, Paul, let me jump in here right now. Actually, what I want to do is I want to jump to a listener 
Uh, he's been waiting patiently. I'm hoping, David, you've been around for a long time. David, do you still have a question? <laughs> I've been around for a long time. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Holding the tooth, buddy. <laughs> uh, pa- Paul, great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, obviously a big fan of your site. And, um, you know, when I, I talk to, to friends in the UK and even in New Zealand, they're always like, oh, well, I'm sure you saw this headline. And the answer is always, no, I, I definitely didn't see that. And without America's Rugby News, like, I wouldn't see any of that. So as an American rugby fan, thank you for this resource. It's fantastic. It was you guys who, as far as I know, broke the news about the, 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 the what they said, this what they called the Spain mini tournament right. set for Brazil, Canada, and the U.S. The, so, and there was something about, like, World Rugby saying, you know what, um, you can do two matches but not three. It, it seems like a weird tournament. It's just the two dates in, in November. Um, what can you tell us about that tournament? What should we look forward to? And um, what went into that, you know, that, that planning or weird decision by World Rugby? Exactly. So this all happened um, before the Spanish Rugby Union had their elections uh, this year because obviously with with what happened with the disqualification that they 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 had to have a regime change so before that had happened we were looking at having a tri-nations tournament with u.s brazil spain canada all playing each other all in in spain now world rugby have said no you're only going to have two matches now there's no clarification as to why it's two, not three. The only uh, information we have is that the window of of match uh, um, availability is only two weeks. So I've done this in the past with Africa. So we've had uh, we had Brazil playing against Zimbabwe, and it was Zimbabwe, Kenya, and Namibia. And so the whole idea, from a Brazilian perspective, was. Well, Brazil need to win first against uh, Zimbabwe, so we can then face a World Cup team, Namibia. Now, Brazil lost in fact, so that didn't happen. But it was the same thing, like, why can't we have three matches? So it didn't happen. It's down to funding um, for that series anyway. That I mean, I, I, I got that, that answer from, a, uh, from the Brazilian Rugby Confederation. They told me that. For this situation, don't have anyone actually coming out of in, uh, yet to clarify what, what exactly happened, but it looks to be basically a mirror image. So, unfortunately, uh, they've only greenlighted, um, I think it's November 11 and 18 for the matches. So, it's going to be US against Brazil and Spain against Canada. And then the, the two winners will play on the second uh, uh, match day and the two losers as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating, isn't it? Um, but, hey, uh, this is happening, so that's great. Um, and for for neutrals, it's like um, this is these are potentially uh, four teams who could be the expansion teams for the next World Cup. So that's great. Um, mm-hmm. And for Brazil, it's going to be good because these are little, these, these are better teams that than, uh, uh, that are off the level Brazil needs to be if they are going to get to it. And, for example, during the World Cup, I mean, I'm watching as much as I can, of course, and yeah. about about two, whenever it's one game per day, it's Brazilian commentary. When it's a weekend, I've got three matches. It's usually two of the three or with Brazilian commentary and the other's just the, just the standard um, English commentary. But anyway, uh, um, they're always 
Um, they really like to, during their broadcasts, um, say hi to people and, and they invite people to tag them on Twitter and, and, all, and all that sort of stuff. And anyway, they, they constantly say the same thing, which is that we'll be there. Brazil will get to the World Cup because everyone asks. And there's, there's, there is that expectation factor. Uh, obviously, the population is huge and the economy here. I mean, people, people just don't understand like that, that the state of California is like richer than all but five countries in the world. And uh, Brazil's the same thing. Like there's, a, there's Count Campinas, which is near, near where I live. It's got the economy the size of Uruguay. It's like this, these, this is a really big deal. Brazil can get it together. Um, I know obviously everyone would like that. But um, World Rugby actually, um, during the World Cup, no, was it during or just before? Regardless, they, they, they list, they uh, uh, release a uh, uh, piece identifying the, where rugby is growing the most in the world. Now, Spain was, was number one on that list. So all eyes on Spain, obviously, if they can qualify, is a huge market. And the other, the other point from a tier two perspective that we've seen at this World Cup um, is that there's been a really high number of Dutch visitors uh, for obvious reasons, but many more than anyone would have imagined. So um, there have been many people commenting of just, just the sheer number of Dutch that have been with them in the bars, like uh, in, in Nice when Wales played. Post-match, there was people singing all together. The Welsh and the Dutch, for example, just the number of cars you've been getting also <laughs> in the car parks uh, after the matches. So, look, the, the sport's pretty healthy, I would say. And in America is, is uh, definitely at the center of the heartbeat of growth. So, Paul, a couple more questions for you. Uh, you recently released an article that outlined how Tier 2 teams can have uh, more opportunities to play Tier 1 teams. Can you give our listeners... Uh, a brief synopsis of your proposal. Sure, absolutely. So the tier two teams uh, commonly have been complaining that we're playing you big guys at the World Cup, but only at the World Cup. And mm. We're finding ourselves we can't compete. I mean, not all of them. That's not the case. So Uruguay did compete against France. Um, we're leading Italy at halftime, and then then the the second half changed entirely. Portugal have competed against well all opposition thus far that's been a group a great surprise it, obviously if fiji got the result defeated australia so the article is essentially uh, based on uh, what pablo limoni said after the lost uh, chile's loss against england so why is this important that it's him saying it well because the guy is not from chile he's from Uruguay. Mm. Uh, he played for Uruguay in two world cups he played when Uruguay lost by 111 to uh, not very much. But so <laughs> Chile conceded 71 to England. So he yeah. by 40 more. And he was a try scorer in that match, in fact. So he, 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 he called the, uh, he said that we are the clowns and World Rugby are the surf. Oh. I mean, that was like, oh my God, he's actually saying that. So. <laughs> hear a lot of discussing, but this this is a you know reputable uh, name doing it. So uh, he complained also that that the attack speed of England was something they just couldn't they didn't know what to do about. So mm. um, we need opportunities, and where are these opportunities? Why aren't they happening? 
So this article was was kind of my way of, of saying, hey, look, we've, World Rugby are really concerned about the British and Irish Lions. That tour is in the middle of the World Cup. And I think that's that's at the, the center of what's wrong with everything here, because that is a block to progress. Now, I'm not saying we need to end the tours. What, what I'm suggesting is why don't we move these, these tours to be the year after the World Cup? Now, everyone hmm. wants the draw for the World Cup later. Okay, so why don't we actually have qualifiers? Isn't that a way in which we can have Tier 1 and Tier 2 matches? So just here in Brazil anyway, um, they're all, the, the team is always going to play in the Soccer World Cup. There's no doubt about that, especially now that it's going to be 48 teams. But Brazil's played in every World Cup. It's never been in doubt. So it's a big deal when Brazil play Bolivia or Venezuela. Now, these are not big teams like, I mean, Argentina won the World Cup, for example, Uruguay are competitive, but Venezuela, they're not, they never played. In fact, soccer has that structure in place and rugby does not. So if we can regionalize the qualifiers, make, make everyone have to qualify. So at the moment, uh, the top three per pool qualify. And you had, for example, Australia playing um, 14 test matches in 2022. They only played tier one teams. Now they're upset by a tier two team of this World Cup. So it's like, okay, uh, can we do something better? Well, yes, we can. Uh, so I, I think that I, I think this, this approach is a way that it can actually be proactive. The World League is not the answer. The World League is going to make it worse, not better. And also there's, there's a problem in the Americas. You, you will remember. Well, yeah, well, actually, yeah, that's sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry to jump in, but yeah. I'm glad you're getting to this because this is one of our questions. Uh, sure. Contention, maybe, is that the right word between Canada and the U.S. and, say, South America around that last vote for World Rugby chairman? Yeah, are sure. Besides, are, they, are these two, you know, North, you know, say North America and South America, are they closer to kind of resolving their differences and, I don't know, trying to get the American Rugby Championship back, for example? Like, what the hell? <laughs> Well, look, <laughs> this was the dumbest thing ever that Canada could have done. Um, and look, <laughs> Canadians who I've spoken to are livid. They, they, uh, I, I know some Canadians who wanted Bo Bill Beaumont, but I know many more who did not. Now, um, and, and we've, got high, we've got high profile Canadians on record that, that were dumbfounded by what happened. Um, so, yeah, the America's Rugby Championship was great for everybody. And South America responded uh, to, to the Canadian vote and the North American split. They said, okay, if this is what you want, we'll go our own way. And uh, they, they, they did. And so they, they invested firmly and in, in, in it worked. Chile made the World Cup. The idea was Chile would qualify for, try to qualify for 27. But that high performance model is just so potent. Uh, all you, if, you can, if you can get a... a a group of 25 to 30 pro athletes train them full time it makes a world of a difference i mean chile literally learned from their own errors from the america's rugby championship they were losing to the u.s by 60 70 points they're losing to brazil in all the matches so brazil got it together then the money basically dried up and chile uh, put got their house in order and, and it worked that's simple 
I mean, look, we had Canada playing um, in the UK during this World Cup cycle. Um, and that was like the exchange for their vote. It was like, really? Hmm. I mean, um, Canada, like anybody, should be wanting to play Los Pumas and not playing um, the Argentina 15. And uh, when I was in Uruguay in pre-pandemic 2020, um, they were getting ready for the for Super Rugby Americas, the Super Liga Americana, which was called. I asked the, uh, the CEO, you know, uh, said, when are we going to get Los Pumas here? And I'll, no more Argentina 15. What, when are you going to be a test match? And, and he, he told me, he said, we, we were really scared. We think that we could be smashed. There's no official word at this stage, but there are there are uh, at least suggested that it looks like now that they may be willing to, to look at that. So uh, they certainly want more matches like France, like Italy. So look, you've got the neighbor. Let's make it an annual match. That's definitely the way. I mean, Uruguay are, are only going to get better. They're not going to get worse. And uh, you know, if, if they have these opportunities, that'll be extremely helpful. Mm. Uh, the American uh, Paul, yeah. So, Paul, let me jump in here real quick. Um, we're going to let you go here in a second. We've got one last question for you. Okay. Um, and and be honest with you, um, a yes or no answer is perfectly fine, but we love your input on this, so it's not that simple of an answer, obviously. What are the possibilities, or is there a chance in the near future that Super Rugby Americas and Major League Rugby would face each other in any kind of, I don't know, small tournament, small you know competition, or like an all-star side? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, they've got to timing for it, right? Um, there's no reason why. Yeah. They, they talked about it happening, in fact. Um, yeah. Then I never did. Uh, that was the pandemic, of course, but yep, there's definitely a chance. Let's let's make it happen. I'm all for it. Let's go, Paul. All let's right. Let's do it. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Tate, man, uh, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, it's been brilliant. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of great information. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, guys. And looking forward to seeing your next articles. And before you go, how can uh, how can people find you online, social media, anywhere else? Yeah, so take a look at the uh, America's Rugby News website. Um, myself, I'm uh, at America's Oval on, on Twitter or X, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's where I engage. I don't I don't engage on other social networks just 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 because of sheer time. It's too time consuming to do too many of them. All right, Paul. Thank you so much. Uh, have a great evening, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much, guys. My pleasure. All right. Cheers. Stay cool. Fitzy, I forgot your name for a second there. It might be the beer. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was some good information right at the end there, don't you say? I, look, I, I would love some type of, yeah, round-robin competition between maybe some of the best teams in LR versus Super Rugby Americas or some type of all-star competition between the two. Like, that would, that's exciting. You could have a home and away you know, somewhere, you know, in in the U.S., somewhere down in South America, Uruguay, Chile, you name it. That would be, I think that would be a lot of fun and generate a, a ton of interest. So um, I'm, well, I'm kind of on Paul to make it happen. So it's up to you, Paul. Yeah, I am too. Uh, no pressure to Paul, but uh, there needs to be um, like a, um, what do you want to call it, a, a world classic side also, like an old boys side. So maybe you and I can join the Look, if, old boys if, if side. If you say rugby needs to send us down to South America to have these conversations, I'm ready, I'm ready to do it. Let's go. All I got great. about seven, I got seven more years of my passport before it expires. <laughs> so let's do this. <laughs> All right, 15 of the great show. Thank you for uh, co-hosting with me. 
Uh, everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's live here on Twitter Spaces or um, streamed on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. I really do appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, be sure to tune in. If you missed a lot of this, you can uh, check out the podcast we play posting tomorrow on U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Uh, thank you so much again for tuning in, and we will talk to you again and listen to you again also for listeners next week. Have a great night and great weekend, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you.